Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Brad Arnold from uh, Three Doors Down, a, a, a coastal Mississippi treasure. And we're having just a fascinating conversation about his how he got started. And Brad, you're about to say something about how it made you feel the success Kryptonite gave you. Finish that thought. Absolutely. You know, through the through the years, I, I've I've uh, and you know, starting with the success of Kryptonite and the life that we've been been blessed enough to uh, to live. I've seen a commercial. You know, there's the the army commercial that asks. It says, you know, if somebody read a, if someone wrote a book about your life, would anybody want to read it? And my answer is, yeah, probably. <laughs> it might be pretty cool. Yeah. Some parts they might want to skip, but. I mean, but you know what? Everybody has moments in their life where they learn about resiliency. At least you hope they do. And we're yeah. gonna we're gonna come to that in a second. How many times have you been around the world? I have left the East Coast of America, and I've came back to the West Coast of America twice. So what? I've circumvented the planet twice. I've been to forty-three countries, and I don't know how many times. How many trips it took to go there, but it took a lot. But Brad, you know, you can people can tell when they hear you talk that you love what you do and you love your fans. And you said once you once said that you you wrote songs to tour. You love the connection you have with your band. In fact, one of the other things you said was that's all about the hour and a half. The other twenty three and a half hours is about preparing and being ready for the hour and a half. Talk about that. That's right. You know, on tour. And that's how I look at it now. And, you know, it wasn't always like that. You know, and you live and you learn. We went, when we went on tour, we were kids. And we like to get out there. And I had my years of silliness and just of, of doing things I shouldn't have done. But now I look at it as, I, you know, I, I really want to get up there. And I want to put on the best show that I can for them. It, it's fun for me to put on the best show that I can for them because I feel more fulfilled afterwards. But, yeah. you know, I, I, those people paid money for that ticket. I owe them 90 minutes of the best that I can give them. The other, the rest of the time in my day should be about giving them that because it's my job. You know, I'm out there. I'm not out there to have fun. I'm out there. I mean, are you know, to see the sights and I love to get out and see the sights. And I think all of that adds to putting on a good show, but ultimately it's about getting up there and putting on a good show. And I want to do everything that I can to do the best. And what's really interesting today is that if you think about this 20 years later, you're now performing, to parents who loved you guys and their kids. I mean, they're being introduced to you guys. That's very Absolutely. normal, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, I saw an interview that y'all did in Dubai, and it said uh, some guy walked up to you and wanted you to sign their your signature on their leg and then tattoo it. And Chris actually did. You, you didn't want it. You signed, but you didn't. That's it. Your your fans are committed, aren't they? It happens. It happens a pretty good bit. There for a while, there was there was there was a couple of years, a couple of years ago, a couple of years stretch where I don't know how many people got. I would see on Instagram and stuff of people getting three doors down tattoos, and a lot of them they get the tattoo and then get us to sign it, and then they go back and get our signatures around it. And I mean, it's it's awesome. I, it's 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 the most flattering thing that I could ever hear ever get would be somebody to because I don't have one. Uh, you know, a couple of the band guys do, but I don't. 
So let's shift gears a little bit. A lot of that traveling around the world were with your original band members. You had, mm-hmm. you had, you had um, Matt and Todd with you originally, and then I think two or three years later, Chris joined you. Then eventually, you got a drummer. I think you've been through three additional journeys, four counting yourself. Mm-hmm. But what, what, but Matt and Todd, because you were friends long before Three Doors Down, and then your time you spent with them. You know, there. You look back at those chapters of your life, and you you actually found sobriety coming out of that. But you know, you look at Matt's situation and his untimely death at the age of 38. He left the band, I think, in 2012. And then, of course, Todd had his issues with uh, with drug and alcohol and whatever other issues he had to face, and he's incarcerated now. But they're still your brothers. I've heard you talk so passionately about. That there's way more than just a band. It was you, I know that there's sadness you probably feel about them, but there's probably a lot of happiness that in in your memories as well. Is there? Absolutely. You know, I, I uh, one of my favorite. I I get out in my gym and I put my headphones on and I just work out in my garage and and uh, and I I like to listen to our time of our life uh, time of my life record to work out to sometimes. I know it sounds a little weird, but uh, that you listen to your own. But the way I look at it, it's kind of like. Nobody can write a song that I identify with like I can. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, I like listening to that record because it's the last record I, that I got to make with Matt. Yeah. And uh, and and ultimately, the last record I got to I made a, a couple more songs with Todd, but on the greatest hits, but uh, never another record with him. And uh, that was the last. That was and I love my band guys now, but I love Matt and them. You know, and and uh, and I don't, I don't sit here and say that. That Matt and I was really close after he left the band. I didn't talk to him for years, literally. Yeah. Did not talk to him after he left the band until the time he passed away. I text with him every yeah. now and then. But Matt was my cousin, and I love him, and I miss him all the time. I was telling my wife about it another day. I said, you know, I don't know that I can ever – and I say this honestly. I don't know that I can ever sit down and – of course, I can sit down and write songs with anybody, uh, you know, but I can never sit down and write another song. The same way that I could sit down and write a song with that boy, I just can't right. do it. I, I mean, he's my he's my best friend. I mean, well, he started it. Uh, uh, so much was swirling around 2016. Um, it was a really interesting moment in your life because you had Todd's issues and then Matt's death and your own struggle, and you wrote "Fell from the Moon." And let's play a little section of that, uh, Kyle. "Fell from the Moon." You know, it's interesting. I studied the lyrics of that song, and the music of that song is is really beautiful. The, the song for you is a reminder. It's as much you've you've been quoted as saying it was about you thought about Todd when you wrote it, but to Greg and Chris had dealt with their sobriety, and Matt had had his issue. You had your issue, and my sense of the song was it was as much about you almost challenging yourself not to lose everything. Is Absolutely. that is that true? Absolutely. That song was that song was very much. It was just talking about, you know, like 
it's we've been given the world you know and it's so easy to fall back down you know it's just about falling back down to earth you know and um and that song was i could see myself a lot in that song and i can see myself even more in um the song uh pieces of me off that same record and but you know what was weird about that song pieces of me is that's a pieces of me i wrote it directly about my sobriety before i got sober I knew yeah. I needed to do it. I knew yeah. a year and a half before I got sober. I knew that I needed it. I knew what was in my heart. And I'll tell you what hit me harder than I've ever been hit in my life by anything I've ever been hit by. It was one night I was sitting here having a little, I don't know, poor me moment or whatever and half drunk and fussing with my wife, not at her, but fussing with her of, of just yeah. pissing and moaning about my own troubles, you know? Yeah. She said, well, Brad, what you need to do is you need to start listening to your own songs. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and, and, you know, it kind of got me listening. And and, uh, and pieces of me started kind of hitting me a little bit different, you know? Well, look, come back to fe- Fall from the Moon. Fell from the Moon. Because yep. I flew above the earth some, I've danced mm-hmm. under the warm sun, I've watched the stars light up a room, and now I hope the heavens help me. I pray that they might let me back. But if they don't, then what will I do? Today, I fell from the moon. It's just, an, it's just really a powerful message. And to continue for just a second, what was amazing to me is that when you were in Japan on tour and you came to the realization that you had to get help, you reached out to somebody. And that somebody may, might have cha- may, literally changed your life, may have, might have saved your life. But it was Charlie Daniels and his Absolutely. wife. Tell it about was. it. It was. I was sitting in. I was sitting in Japan, and I mean, I don't really remember a whole lot about that week. Um, it was only. We was on a, a a navy tour over there, and we were going to play some shows for them. And and uh, I was, I was sitting in my in my like barracks room that night, and just drunk as a skunk. And I just, I knew that I needed to change, and I just, I needed to talk to somebody. And and. Anyway, Chris had found sobriety. Greg had found sobriety, and they had never preached at me about it, but they encouraged me. They had mentioned little things here and there, in the most encouraging way that you could ever ask for. Um, but it wasn't my time yet. But I seen it, and the seeds had been planted. They had already planted the seeds, and and I was sitting there, and I just I needed to talk to somebody. And I called a couple of friends. I called one person, they didn't answer, and they called another person, they didn't answer, and. And I'd had some conversations with Mr. Charlie, and I know that he's 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 a fine Christian man, and I know that he's gone through some wilder times in his life. And I said, and I was just, I guess the alcohol had my filter taken off, and uh, I said, I will call Mr. Charlie, and I called Mr. Charlie, and he answered. Let's do this. We're gonna we're gonna pick it up from there when we come back from the break. This okay. is a Brad Arnold telling the story. He was in Japan. He talked. He reached out to Charlie Daniels, and he answered the phone with his wife. And when we come back after the break, we'll talk about that important conversation. Again, we'll, we'll be back right after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.